In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Padraig Otuma is a poet and a theologian, and until just a couple of years ago, he was the leader of the Corimila community, the oldest peace and reconciliation center in Northern Ireland. Many of the prayers Padraig wrote while he was the leader of that community were collected into a book, and that book begins with a story that I want to share with you as we make our way into John's discourse on the bread of life. In the story, Padraig tells he's sitting in a church. He's at mass, and seated next to him is a woman who has a small boy on her lap. By Padraig's estimate, he couldn't have been more than about three years old. It seemed to be an ordinary Sunday mass and the boy an ordinary child. At the time of the consecration, the time when the priest elevates the sacrament, the faithful were quiet as the bells rang and things went as expected. But the child, the same child who was sitting on the woman's lap, broke the silence and shouted, Hello, Jesus! In fact, by Padraig's recollection of the moment, he didn't just shout the words, but dragged out the hello into a sort of long yodel. Hello! Not surprisingly, not surprisingly, everyone in the church then turned to look. And like many children, the boy knew an audience when he had one. So he said it again, and this time louder. Hello, Jesus! Padraig described the scene as a moment of delight, at least for him. But it appeared by the shocked look written across the priest's face that he did not share that sentiment. There was fear in that priest's face, as if Jesus had appeared. Shut that child up, you could almost hear him say. Theologically speaking, the child was not wrong. He was right. In fact, he was piercingly correct. Reflecting on the moment after the fact, Padraig said, I cannot remember anything else from that Mass apart from the warm welcome of a small child who took the story seriously. He hadn't yet learned the difference between inner voice and outer voice, but who among us has? So he greeted loudly, warmly, with a welcome as wide and magnificent as the world. It can be a shock to take Jesus of Nazareth seriously, he writes. It can be a shock to take Jesus of Nazareth seriously. Speaking to our gospel lesson for today, the passage we read comes to us from St. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. In John's essential thesis, his purpose for writing this account of Jesus' life can pretty much be summed up in chapter 20, verse 30. There he makes his case He says, I wrote what I have written here for the express purpose that you might come to believe that Jesus really is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that in the act of believing this, you will have real and everlasting life, just as Christ revealed it to be. To put it another way, John is basically arguing that the Jesus you meet in his gospel is real, and that if you take his word for it, if you take him seriously, it can change your life. 
Making our way back to chapter 6, we can now see John's thesis, his argument, set into motion through two extraordinary scenes. At the beginning of the chapter, in the verses that come right before those appointed for today, we find an account of one of Jesus' best-known miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Taking five barley loaves and two fish, a humble offering given by a young boy, Jesus transforms a seemingly small amount of food and multiplies it so that thousands are fed. There's even leftovers. Which is itself an extraordinary event, but one that meets an everyday need. Fast forward from there to the beginning of today's gospel lesson, and what we see is a continuation of the conversation between Jesus and those in the crowd who were just recently fed. Yet in this moment, the dialogue takes a turn. Christ, who a few verses before had fed the crowd with elements of the everyday, found in the presence of barley loaves and fish, now speaks of another kind of sustenance, another way to understand the inbreaking of God in the life that he offers. And the way he does this is by saying that I am the bread of life. And if you come to me, you will never be hungry. And if you believe in me, you will never be thirsty. Yes, very truly, I tell you, I am the living bread, Jesus says. And I came down from heaven so that you might feast, so that you might live forever. Taking both sections together, the point of this chapter isn't to say that the material that the everyday things that sustain us aren't important or fail to hold meaning. Because if that were true, then the feeding of the 5,000 would be an altogether different story. Instead, what seems to be happening across the arc of this chapter is a growing sense that the material, that the everyday components of daily life have an uncanny ability to lead us to the divine. And that's precisely why we gather here in this place and here on this day in particular. On Corpus Christi, on this great feast of the church, we celebrate the wondrous and the profound truth that Jesus is really here, that Christ is really present in the unending gift that is his sacrament. In the same way that God entered a body to show us incarnate love, God continues to enter into the material to transform us so that we might taste and know the promise of everlasting life. On this day especially, we are invited to name the miracle that happens here at God's altar week after week, that through the Eucharist, through bread broken and wine poured out, we are invited to get up from where we are and take our seat at the table. Yes, in this meal, we are invited to take Jesus seriously, to set aside where we are, to become one body, to start living into eternity, to believe as we have heard, to have our lives changed, washed through and through with sacramental grace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.